There's a party going on around town. It's one rowdy cowboy throwdown here in H Town, where we're stronger than a hurricane. From miles around, the best of the best come here to put their tough to the test. Give it all for gold or go home broke. When they open up that gate, welcome to the show, welcome to the home of the world's biggest rodeo, where the stars light up the night underneath that Texas sky. Welcome to the show, are you ready for a ride? Yeah, you better buckle up and hold on tight, where the Bayou City streets meet the country roads. Welcome to the show. Hello everybody, you're listening to the Good Day for a Movie Podcast. I'm Jacob and I'm joined alongside me as always, Tate. What's up? How we doing? It's just the Jacob and Tate Show. Wait, wait, I have a button for that. Do you? Shit. Nope. What? Wow. Oh, that works. <laughs> we all got a little bit of cowboy deep inside. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the home of the world's biggest rodeo. I forget about the oh, I do too. You started to make actual sound effects. I was like, wait, we have something. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I'm, I always forget what all of them are. But yes, we have no sage today. No sage. He's in the, he's in the middle of a move across the country. He he's, is he's a busy you boy. You know, SpongeBob when there's all the SpongeBob's right running around in his brain, <laughs> burning everything. That's how I picture his brain right now. Yeah, he's the right now. He's the he's that emoji or the emoji. He's the meme of the of the cartoon character sitting in the middle of a dining room, being like everything's fine with fire going around. That's how he feels right now, because every single thing we ask him about. Every single thing I ask him about, he's just like, I can't even think about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> so he he is, yeah, he's busy boy right now. But he actually, well, I mean, we'll get right into your pick, Jacob, because yeah. he texted me. He started to watch this. He's, yeah. <laughs> I think he texted both of us just before we were reviewing this because he was going to watch it right before we reviewed it. And he just was like, he just gave us an honest, I can't watch this movie. Or this documentary. <laughs> Let's see. Let me find the text. Oh my god! I just saw what the movie is. I hate everything. Yeah. Started with that. <laughs> yeah, and then I've maybe listened to an hour and twenty minutes of country in my life. Already giving this movie a twenty. And then we got a text. Um, okay, nothing personal. I can't finish this. I'm thirty minutes in, and I'm just done. Yeah. <laughs> so when we, he's like, I got too much going on. I can't do this. <laughs> Yeah. So he Which is fine. Look, attempted. It, he got 30 minutes into this documentary. Yeah, it I, documentaries are a bad idea. I knew it was a bad idea when I picked it. <laughs> but in all honesty, so he, here's here's why I picked this movie. The movie is Dear Rodeo the Cody Johnson story. Um Let me guess. Cody Johnson? Yes. You go saw ahead. him at Shine for 2 days. Yeah, I yeah. think I may have mentioned it at some point. I wasn't sure I if he did, him. but I knew that that was a reason. Yeah. Yeah, so he was the last guy at Shine Frontier days. He's the first guy ever. It was uh, Cheyenne Frontier Days first for the rodeo to sell out the last Saturday and that same night for the concert to also sell out. It was one of the best concerts I've ever been to in my life. Um, the like new country music, especially the stuff played on the radio in like Nashville type of deal. I hate it. It sucks. Like it's not real country. After what, like when the concert ended, I turned to my mom and one of my friends went with me. I turned to them and I said that, man is going to single-handedly save country music. So I was just a big fan. And during his concert, he said, if you guys haven't seen this documentary yet, I want you to go watch it. I think it's good. I think it 
has a very good message about work ethic because he talked about that a lot during his concert about like uh, the importance of like hard work. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I am going to watch that. I I've been meaning to. And I was like, I have a movie podcast. I'm going to pick it for the movie podcast. Boom, boom. You were yeah. in the audience and you were listening. Yeah. Yeah. So He'd there you happy. go. That's, that, that's why I picked it. Um, what was your reaction when you saw what I saw? What it was pretty meh. I don't know. Documentaries don't get my juices going usually. Um, and, uh, I think cause when I, when I heard the name Cody Johnson, my brain immediately went towards music. Um, mm-hmm. so I didn't know that about his rodeo background because I, I don't know his music that much. I just know he's yeah. a country artist. Um, and so I didn't know about his rodeo background. So I was a little bit curious about, um, to hear about his story, but really it was just pretty, yeah, not a lot of emotions coursing through when I found out yeah. about it. It was like, yeah, totally okay. good. When I yeah, saw it, it was uh, an hour and 40, which IMDB, you fucker. Yeah, um, I was not excited about an hour and 40 long documentary about a like rodeo cowboy. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is going to be a long documentary. Um, but thank God it's only an hour 20. Yep. Yeah. Hour 20, Dear Rodeo, the Cody Johnson story came out in 2021. Country music star Cody Johnson journeys from the dusty rodeo arenas of rural Texas to the biggest stages in America. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, I think it was released about the same time he re- released his song "Dear Rodeo," or this was probably at least a little bit after. Uh, Reba McIntyre is on that song with him, and she is in this documentary as well. We'll get into her story a little bit um, as well. But any anything else you want to add? Nope, not on the front. All righty, we'll see you on the other side. I just remember the feeling of I'm gonna ride this bull. There's no doubt in my mind. So many of us are having to reinvent ourselves because we're having to let go of a dream. Got in a rodeo accident, I had pins and screws put in my arm, and the Marines wouldn't take me. It's kind of like rodeo released me, said, you go do what you're supposed to be doing over here. Looking back on it now, I think the bull was just a representation of something I was looking for. Even if the dream doesn't come true, doesn't mean a dream is not going to come true. This is it. We go out there, we prove to the world that we're supposed to be here. I was just running, leaving things behind. All right, Jacob, how much would you have to get paid to ride a bull one time? Oh, man. How about $100,000? Less than that. You'd do like it for I would less? do it. I would do it for a hundred thousand. Absolutely. Like, oh, what about I, fifty thousand? Like one year's worth le- of payday. One or no, one year's I mean, worth of salary. Like, I'll be honest. I would probably just do it <laughs> for free. You wouldn't have to get paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like peer pressure. Wow, is what the cost would. You're be, not going to set any dollar amount on it. Honestly, no. Like, <laughs> no. I I respect it. I think that's awesome, but. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't think I could do it. I also don't have the body for bull riding. You have the body for bull riding, actually. Yeah. I'm, bull riders are small. Yeah. Um, stout. Yeah. Grab I, onto I'm, that bitch and hold on. Yep. I, I would flail too much. I'm too, I'm too big. Yeah. I'd just crunch him with my legs. I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> if I was doing rodeo events, the ones that I like for my body type, would it would be the roping stuff and it would be my favorite which is the steer wrestling 
That one's pretty fun. Yeah. I like watching. Yeah. That one. When you like jump off the horse and grab the steer's horns and wrestle them down. Like that's, that's fucking cool. That's some cowboy shit right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, I'm just curious. Yeah. No, I, what about you? How, it'd be, it'd how, be a decent amount. I would, I mean, I, I think it'd be a cool experience to have if I knew I wasn't going to get hurt, but yeah. this, that's not what's in this um, ask, like in this ask of how much would I have to get paid? It's more than realistic that I would get hurt. And so I'm like, Hmm, if I get, if I get okay, paid, let, let's say hospital bills are taken care of. Like you don't have to worry about like the fallout, like the money fallout from you being hurt at least probably 50 grand. Really? Yeah. Wow. I don't think I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd set my price high. I'm not too keen on doing it unless I get paid. <laughs> now, what about stack? It's still, it it's not like millions of dollars. What, what about like bareback or saddle bronc? Same thing? Uh, no, I mean, less, I mean, less for that. That, okay. that I, th- I don't think you can, I think it's the bull riding. It's, I know I'm not going to hold on for eight seconds and it's the, once I get knocked off or once I hop off, once I try to hop off, what happens in the next like three to four seconds could be devastating. And like, that's where, I, and I think I'd just be shitting bricks the minute I'm even sitting on the bowl in the cage. And I would kind of be like, at that point, I'd be like, how the fuck did I not get a million dollars to do this? Yeah. In the moment, I'm, I'd be so terrified. So it is just like, because like really bareback riding is the same, same concept of, yeah. as like bull riding, right? Looks like he's climbing on right here. Could you hear that? Yep. Yeah. Like that looks, I mean, hard, obviously, but. I'm sorry. This is Saddle Bronc. Yeah. Um, I think. No, maybe it is bareback. Looks it bareback. bareback. Yeah. Um, obviously, it looks hard, but it, like, when you get kicked off of that, the horse kind of chills out. <laughs> yeah. The bull, yeah. fuck that bull. That bull, Dude, like. The bulls are mean. Yeah. Like, that bull stomps you. That bull doesn't stop kicking. That bull, like, digs you in the ground. That bull will do anything to, like, fuck you up. Yeah, I unless so, it gets distracted, but yeah, that's during Frontier Days, I got to be like on the fence for the second night of PBR. It's hard to overstate how big these fucking yeah. animals are. Like so big, they're so big. Well, and I I and can't so imagine mean. the feeling of like actually physically sitting on it and like feeling mm-hmm. the animal underneath you and like its breath and it's like. It's just sheer power. I bet you'd be like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. And I think he even kind of said at the beginning of the documentary, he's like, he's like, I don't really remember my time ever on a bull. Mm-hmm. He's just like, I just remember the feeling before and after. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. I think is very legit. Um, but yeah, good segue into the movie. Yeah. Well, uh, let's hear your initial reactions first. Mine are probably pretty obvious. Um, it didn't grab me. It was, it was a very, very average, if not boring documentary, I think in my mind. Um, I think I'm not the audience for it, and um, that's probably a lot of it. But I think that I oh, I just think that the story, his story, isn't as interesting as I was maybe hoping it was going to be with a documentary. It was a very standard story for people. Um, I mean, for any anybody who's kind of have some success, it's a very standard story, um, and it seemed more about just kind of like. And and it was all like the other side stuff. Like why was Chris Kyle's whole story part of it? Um, Reba McIntyre had a huge part in it, which I didn't really understand why they included her so much because it was kind of like him interviewing her about her life um, and how that... So then I was like, is this this a documentary about rodeo? Is it about Cody Johnson? Is it about 
like, and then it just kind of turned out to be mostly just about, I feel like God and God's plan and less about, and then about like a bunch of different people. And I, I think, similar I think overall what the, I think really what this documentary is about is what he finds the meaning of the song Dear Rodeo is. Yeah. So it's, you know it's I mean? like a really, really long story for explaining how he wrote this song that changed his career. Yeah. And that's where yeah. like, I mean, he could have summarized like this. I think this, that's why like the documentary wasn't that interesting to me. Cause like yeah. the, the Dear Rodeo is a great song. Like when you listen to it at the very mm-hmm. end, awesome song, great message in it that like they said in it, everyone can relate to um, like some dream that they had that they didn't get mm-hmm. or something happening in their life that they don't have control over. Um, and they have to adjust or pivot or say, dear blank, we have mm-hmm. to let go. Um, so it's very, like, it was a great song. Awesome. Cool. Seems like a really cool guy. Great story, mm-hmm. but or not, yeah, just a, not the most interesting. And like, yeah. yeah. So like, I, I kind of agree, but I disagree. I liked it a lot, but there's obvious reasons why I liked it. Right. So I, I didn't know what, I didn't know about it. Like, I didn't know what it was going to be about going in. I knew it would be about him. And I know I knew the song would be incorporated into it, um, and I knew Reba was in it, and that was kind of about it. Um, I didn't know there was going to be so much like God Jesus stuff. Obviously, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, other people probably not the biggest fans of that. Like, and it doesn't like touch them on an emotional level. Yeah, um, hearing other people's like stories, like probably don't really care about that, which is totally fine. And I love the country music. I love that he talked about like my guy Chris Ledoux a few times um, at the very beginning, there was like the first like three minutes of the movie, there was Chris Ledoux footage. Um, so I got very excited about that. Um, yeah. I didn't yeah, know I mean, Chris Ledoux uh, like actually participated in rodeo. Oh yeah. Like world champion. Uh, You've probably told me that before and I just yeah, don't remember it, yeah. but um, yeah. Like Chris Ledoux was absolutely the real deal where like exactly what he said. He He's was both worlds, 20 year rodeo vet. And then, started making music and was selling it sitting on the bed of his pickup at rodeos. Yeah. That's awesome. Chris Ledoux was bareback. He was a bareback rider. Yeah. They, they showed him riding a horse. Yeah. I, I just couldn't, I'm sorry. I couldn't remember if it was bareback or saddle bronc, but yeah. So like, obviously I was going to like this. Um, it's, it's not like there's other documentaries that I've seen that are like hundred out of a hundred. So that's, isn't that it's in the eighties for me. Spoiler alert. Um, I think the Steven Spielberg documentary is better. Um, there's a Star Wars documentary, Empire of Dreams, that's phenomenal. Um, Jump Shot, the Kenny Saylor story, is a documentary that I love about um, the first guy to do a jump shot. He actually went to the University of Wyoming in basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think the 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 thing about this, like or any documentary, I think for me to really like it, I have to walk away either like learning something mm-hmm. new or learning about something new. Yeah, expanding my knowledge or feeling like a really deep emotional connection to the person or thing topic that it's about. And this one didn't hit that for this felt more like me, but a that's my demographic. Long YouTube video. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't mean that as a diss, but it wasn't like you're right. Like it wasn't necessarily like this is a documentary for people that are semi-familiar and are interested in these things. Yeah. Um, and exactly. Yeah. So like, I mean, I think somebody who is, um, uh, part of the church or, uh, like, uh, looking or like searching, or they're mm -hmm. kind of, um, curious about it. This would be a great 
documentary for them to kind of like get to hear this pastor talk about Mm -hmm. it, Um, hear about Reba and Cody um, talk about their relationship with God. And, um, and, or like, if you're interested in rodeo, actually, like, I I think if you're interested in rodeo, this still wouldn't capture you that much. You'd kind of be like, cause that's like, that's a subplot of this. Yeah. But see, I, I I do think the rodeo people would like this because I think think they'd be familiar. If you're a rodeo person, you're probably checking the other boxes in this as well. Well, yeah, I think you 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 really like the rodeo lifestyle that yeah. is portrayed in this, and not portrayed, just por- I mean, part of his life. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the similar thing of the music. I think if you, if, and that's the part that was the closest for me, but mm-hmm. they didn't really hit on it that much other than him talking about when he first came up with the lyrics for Dear Rodeo. I was like, that mm-hmm. was the coolest part about this mm-hmm. whole documentary is now whenever I hear that song, I'll know what he was feeling mm-hmm. when he came up with it. And like that he was in a really dark place that um, he didn't know why. And he, his friend helped him figure it out. And then he just kind of came up with these lyrics that really helped him understand it. That's awesome. That's very cool. But if you would have taken that snippet for me and just show me that like 10 minute clip mm-hmm. and then play me the song, I would have gotten more out of that, more out of this than I think I did from the whole thing. But that, and, and yeah. again, that's just me. Like if, if there was a tennis documentary, I would appreciate it probably more than yeah. someone who's not a tennis player. So yeah, that's it's just like, a demographic, like you're talking I, about. I, I think something that it struggles with is it covered a lot, and it covered maybe too many things to get an emotional tie if you're not already tied to it somehow. Yeah. Um, I think if I and that's the thing. I think if he if if he had some sort of a story that was so interesting and captivating to any audience that. Um, was either religious or not, or rodeo or not, mm-hmm. or musician or not. Like if he had some like theme in it, or or something and interesting happened. That's that's the other thing that I I don't want to say I take issue with it because I certainly don't. Um, but a lot of things are referenced to and alluded to. Like I was doing a bunch of bad things, but he wouldn't say what the bad things were. Yeah, which makes it hard to like hard to connect with it. Yeah. Yeah. And so like one, I don't blame him for not wanting to get into it, right? So like it's it's hard for me to criticize like that part of it, but if you're putting your story out here trying to get people to trying you're right. Yeah. It would be more effective um to open up fully. Like yeah. he kind of half opened up it felt like. Yes. And that's where yes. like they they used other people's stories to fill in this kind yeah. of like very surface level uh story for that ties them all together. Yeah. Or yeah. Connects them all, which is God. And, um, but I, I agree. Like, cause one of my biggest things is I, I didn't think his story was that interesting because he was just like, I wanted to be a rodeo. I wanted to be a bull rider and that didn't happen, which is like, everybody can relate to that mm-hmm. when they're a teenager, like mm-hmm. <laughs> whether you want to be a football player, want to be like a dancer, whether you want to be a, a actor, uh, whether you want to be like an astronaut, whatever you want to be. There's probably a lot of things when you, you think you want to be when you're growing up that you realize you're not going to be when you're teenager or early twenties. Um, so like, to me, I was like, that's not that special to like, I wanted to be a bull rider and I didn't, and I realized I couldn't. Um, so I, but I always liked music. So I pursued the music and I worked really hard and I got the music gig, (laughs) right? Like I was successful in music and it's just like, to me, it's like, okay, there are a lot of people, a lot. Oh, I mean, every success story is that at the most basic level, like tell me something more that's going to captivate me. Yes. Yeah. It like, well, and like for the, for the music side too, like 
when he was like, oh man, he's like, and I didn't get this record deal and I didn't get this record deal. And it was uh, like, kind of like acting like that was like the worst thing that ever happened to him. I was like, brother, there are so <laughs> many well, musicians out there that are like, working so hard. Even to that get- they could have gone into more of. Yeah. Like, like yeah. It, I, yeah. It just was, it, the struggles were weird in this. The struggles were weird because they weren't very explained. And like some of them, like the record deal stuff, it seemed like he didn't want to explain because he didn't want to like burn bridges type of deal. And like, didn't want to throw people under the bus, which is an admiral thing, but it doesn't make for great storytelling. And it just makes for very surface level, like the stuff that I wish they would have like, I wish you'd have been like, no, I want to throw these people under the bus of like, Hey, can you take the cowboy hat off? Like, that's the type of thing where I'm like, tell me who told you that. And let me know who else they have signed. And I probably won't listen to them anymore because yeah. Give me some more drama. Give me some more tea. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, but well, and like, but. On that same line, though, when he was like, it was weird when he was like, yeah, I didn't get this record deal with Warner Brother. Didn't get it. Didn't get it. Um, and so all of a sudden I was like, fuck it. I don't need him anymore. And he was just like, and then I went and, and it's so then he became very successful without them. And it was funny because when he was, when he was selling out or when he was playing the show where he subbed, where he subbed in for Old Dominion um, and played in front of 60,000 people. And then after that was playing like, huge huge shows mm-hmm. at that point he was just like yeah and i decided this next record we're not gonna go through a record label and i was like that's not that much of a statement when you're already selling out 40 to fifty thousand arenas i was like yeah you don't need a record label now <laughs> yeah like you can if you want to which is and then what weirdly what he said so like that didn't seem to me like too much of a proving a point i was like you're not proving a point anyone. You're already selling out 30 or 40,000 rooms. So well, I, I think the other thing that was lost in there is because I, like, I agree with this point that you're making that the way they presented it, but like, I know a little bit more, more about it. This took place like over a long period of time, like where like it was probably like probably about 10 years from like just before the Houston rodeo thing. And he was, his music was maybe less than 10 years, maybe like, like five, six years ish. And then he like slowly, like after the Houston rodeo, then it was like kind of selling out concerts, not every single time, but like over the next like three to four years, he finally started selling shows out every time in Texas. Like, so like they didn't do a very good job of showing the passage of time and how much work actually went into that part of it. You know what I mean? Well, and I, 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 it's not that he didn't like work hard. I believe 100% that he worked very hard, but like the, the, he made a point that he was like, yeah, and I decided at this point, like, I'm, I'm going to go do this independently, um, even though that's really hard. And I was just like, at that point, going independent's not as hard because you already are pretty big in, like, the yes. streaming and, I, and concert see, scene. Th- that's, that's where he should have said, I've been doing this independent, and it's been a pain in the yes. ass. So now that I've got it figured out, I'm gonna keep screw them. Yeah. I'm keeping it's, it this way. Yeah, and like, then after that, though, they made the record, and he's like, let me shop it around. He's like, don't shop it around all right, you can shop it a little bit. And then Warner Brothers wanted it, wanted to distribute it. And he was just like, yeah, okay, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, well, what the <laughs> yeah. fuck, man? Your whole like, yeah, anywho. Yeah. So that's where like he, it just didn't, I don't know. It was a very weird story yeah. from him. It felt like there wasn't a lot there that they were trying to make more of in the things that there wasn't a lot there. And then in places where there probably was more, they didn't go into. And 
it's almost like they needed like because I think he was pretty heavily involved in making this whole documentary. It's almost like he shouldn't have been shouldn't have been. Yeah, involved. He should have been in it, but they shouldn't have had him be the one to like put the put together the story, which is kind of what it seems like. Well, and that's where, well, so it said that it was directed by Sean Silver or whatever, and, and it said written by Sean Silver at the very beginning, which I, at first, now it makes sense because it's not Cody Johnson's, fully just Cody Johnson's story. Like, yeah, it's a lot right. of other things yeah. going on, too. But when it first started, it said written by this. I just thought that was a funny LOL because yeah. I was like, the Cody Johnson documentary written by Sean Silva yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. I was like, what do, the fuck does that even mean? Documentaries in general being having to have a writing credit is funny. Yeah. Cause like, you're not like, it's like what you write. Did you write Cody Johnson's story? <laughs> right. You like wrote out your like world war two, like witness on what they are supposed to say. Like that's yeah. not, that's not what the written by means, but it's, it's what it seems like it means. Yeah. And that's where like the, the directing credits, like, yeah, makes sense. The writing credit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what did you write in here? Right. Very funny. But yeah, I think we just dove in deep on the, on the kind of gripes that I had with not being interested in him. Um, and I think that was pretty much my, I mean, that's the whole point of a documentary is to be interested in him. So I think that that right. was why I just didn't care much for it. Um, but like, I still think he sounds like a really cool guy. Like, yeah, well, okay. top 10 guys I want to grab a beer I, with. I've been trying to figure out when I wanted to play. So on this tour, he's got a, he, it's near the end and he takes a minute to like kind of talk about like some of this type of stuff. Do you want me to play that now? Cause I really like the speech. He gave the sure, same one yeah. in Cheyenne as this video that I have. Yeah. Yeah. It'll um, give us something to talk about too. That's called patriotism. That's what everybody just got pissed off and Jason Aldean for on the internet. Was patriotism. Is that him? Oh yeah, that is. Yeah. Him. I'm going to stand up here in front of all of you, and I'm going to say, Jason, I live in one of them little small towns, too. They better not come try that where I'm at. You know what would fix all that? You know what would fix all that? And this might not be what you want to hear. What might fix all that is the next time you have an argument about what's on the news. By the way, stop watching the news because it's a bunch of lies. You know why I said that? Because this is my microphone. I'm paid for it. I'll say what I want to. The next time you have an argument with somebody in this country about race, religion, or gender, any of that stuff that they try to feed you, I want you to do this for me. This might fix it. Love them anyway. It's going to be a tough pill for some of y'all to swallow. You know why you should love your fellow American anyway? Because before most of you were born, an American soldier gave their life for you to have the right to disagree in the first place. Do you still believe that this is the greatest country in the world? Do you still believe that God can bless America? So do I. Then if you still believe in American patriotism, I want them to hear you all the way from Alabama down in Texas. Yeah, so there's Kojo. Kojo. <laughs> um, that's I think that's his production company, and his fans are called the Kojo Army. 
God, I <laughs> I hate it so much. When fan Luckily, I've never heard names. him actually say that. Good. Wow. All he says, he says, thank you, like to Kojo Productions for helping me put the show on. But like, yeah. he doesn't say Kojo Army, luckily. God, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not that I have heard, at least. Um, but like, that's why I like him so much. Like, that whole message of like, hey, you disagree with this person about like everything? Love him anyway. Like, that's an awesome message. Yeah. And a message that hasn't spread very much. So like, that's part of the reason that I love Cody Johnson so much. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I think he's a very, um, like, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, uh, I don't share a lot of the same mm-hmm. um, values and beliefs that maybe he has, but I still think he seems like an awesome guy and someone that I'd grab a beer with, and it's because of that message. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, disagree all you want, but fuck it. What do we have after that? Yeah, just love your love thy neighbor. Yep. Um. So do you want me to re- just kind of run through the notes that I took down? I was, yeah, um, I was looking through, yep, yeah, run through yours, because I don't have too much more that I have other than, I think we nailed pretty much all the ones I made. So I am absolutely shocked and amazed by artists that can't read music. Can't read music? Yeah, like he said at the beginning, he's like, I don't, I don't know how to read music. I don't know how to read guitar tabs. Like, I just pick it up, and I play it, and I figure it out. And I just figure out how to harmonize with people. And that's wow. I didn't actually hear him say that at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was at the very beginning. And like he, he learned how to harmonize at a young age in church and just figured out, like just watch people play guitar and he listened and would play and listen. And that's how he like the the are the musicians that are like that. My cousin's like one of those, like he, like I think had his first music lesson, like a, a year ago, maybe. And he like his first album, my cousin, he played every single instrument on it. Like just, just crazy. Um, so that always amazes me. That, that um, actually, I mean, that is something that I find very consistent in music, like mm-hmm. for especially some of the most talented people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it makes a lot of sense. Like it's mm-hmm. kind of like the best golfers in the world, maybe or like the best athletes are the, I don't know, the smartest people in the world. They weren't necessary. Like they didn't get there because they were just trained technically or whatever you want to call trained um, every single day of their life and like had the right coaches. And it's not like the other people that and the outside influence of the lessons kind of aspect. It's the natural gift of just understanding and being interested in it, teaching see, I, themselves. I, it's the, it's the natural gift paired with the hard work. It's not paired with the grit. The, like the greats didn't read a book that none of us have access to. And then they know how to do something. Yeah. It's like the greatest. They've, yeah. They figured it out and they were born with some sort of natural talent. Yeah. It's like the greatest writers or like uh, authors probably didn't go to like, or I don't know, weren't like the top of their class in like literature or anything like that. They right. probably just read a bunch of books and wrote, started writing. Like they, they were probably at the top of their class in a bunch of other things that weren't literature, like philosophy and like that type of thing. But like, it wasn't that they like went through Harvard English class and were like, oh, now I'm an excellent writer. Yeah. Now I can be an excellent writer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that, there's a, I think I've even asked that question to several musicians that I've worked with. And I've, I was like, so have you ever taken a lesson in your life? Have you ever, um, or did you? purely teach yourself and nine out of 10 say that they all just picked something up and picked up several instruments until they found one that they really liked. Um, but yeah, they're all, they're all like for the most part, nine out of 10, we're like, I'm pretty much self-taught. 
And then yeah, most is, of them can like crazy. read music, I guess. But yeah, they didn't in the beginning. Yeah. He pronounces pumpkin, pumpkin, like P-U-N-K-I-N, which makes me laugh when Southern people do that. He's, he's, he's a true <laughs> Texas oh, yeah. guy. Like some of the, there's some country artists, I think you were even hitting that at, at the beginning, like some of the pop country guys where I just don't even really believe that they're that actually country. Right. Cody Johnson is legit. Yeah. I mean, like, so to this day, he's, he still rodeos. He doesn't bull ride, but now he ropes and he's, he's a team roper. He's got his, when he's not doing his music stuff, he's running his own ranch in Texas. And like, he's like the real deal. Like he is like, he actually wears Wranglers because that's what he wears when he works on his horse, on his ranch. Um, I, I had on here, let's talk about rodeo. I think we've already talked about rodeo. I don't think we need to, um, talk too much more rodeo other to, other than to say, I love rodeo. It may be like one of the last true pure sports out there that aren't, that isn't like fully commercialized. You know what I mean? Oh, from the commercialized aspect. Yeah. Where like these guys aren't making, so it's set up a lot like golf where like they're not signed to teams. They're not like they're pretty much individual contractors with the PRCA, with the PGA for golf. And they have to pay for their travel expenses to every little rodeo that they're going to. And like, they're in it for the love of the game. Yeah. That's yeah. It's like, yeah. Tennis, golf, a lot of those independent sports. Um, and I think that that was a section of his story that I actually liked to hear about too was the when he was like, I would go play a show for a free bar tab and for a hundred bucks and hundred bucks a man. We'd get yeah, and we'd get wasted and we'd go on and we'd use that to pay for our travels to the next rodeo because I was still using that as my means to trying to make bull riding my thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and so that was a funny like part of his story to hear where I was like, man, you really did. Like you were kind of Jack Johnsoning it when you had like, you could go be a pro surfer or you could be a pro musician. Mm-hmm. And like at the time you didn't think you could be a pro or a professional musician, but it's cool to look back and be like this whole time he was playing music, like as he thought his side gig. So I like that. I like hearing that part of the story. That was good. Yeah, for sure. And it like, it, it was funny because like the way it's set up is, he probably he was like addicted to rodeo. Like yeah. he was finding all these other avenues so he could keep doing rodeo, which is pretty crazy. Um, but that, uh, I mean, that even goes back to like another part of the story that I thought was dumb that it was like such a uh, dark time of his life. It was, he was like, I just, he's like, I was running with the bad group of friends. He was like, they were not good influences. And I was like, so many people do. <laughs> and I was yes, like, and so many like, people have to like break my- away from that if they want to. But um, like to me, I was more so I wanted to know what those bad influences exactly. were. Like, was it just you were drinking till like 3 a.m.? Because like people do worse than that. Yeah. Like you could be doing worse than that. That's not too bad of a thing to do. That's where like they started to dramatize it without giving any details. And it was like, okay, either give me more details, like spill more tea on what, you, like, were you doing yeah. hard drugs? What were you doing? Were you Johnny Cash in it? Um, or was it just, yeah getting wasted with your friends because and, yeah. and it was a bad influence bad circle which that's not that unique like a lot of people have that yeah um i was shocked when chris kyle's 
um, widow showed up. Why were you shocked? I just wasn't expecting it. Mm. Like it was just a weird thing to be added in there. It was, his whole I, thing was a weird thing to be added in here. I, I, one of the first notes I said was like, cause they started interviewing her. A lot. I think when they're interviewing her a lot early, um, I was like, they better tie somehow tie Chris or Chris Kyle's story to his in some way, or else I'm just going to be like, why the fuck did they ever even include this? Yeah. Um, and then it turned out to be, why the fuck did they even include this? Other than he's, I don't know. Other than maybe just Cody Johnson likes him and admires him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But it was weird. To yeah, I, it. yeah. I don't know. Um, that was weird. Um, my next note is I used to hate Reba, but I love her now. So growing up, my mom and I hated Reba and my dad loved her. Um, like I hated her voice. Oh, bug, bug. Ah, like an earworm, ear tick. Yeah. Ah, I, fuck you. Ah, you, yeah, uh, 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 uh. sorry. You're good. It just landed on my arm. Oh. Uh, uh, on the computer. Yeah. So growing up, my mom and I hated Reba, and my dad loved her. And then when I got into like this radio thing, so like less than three years ago, I was like, wait, Reba's actually kind of really good. I kind of actually like Reba. And then I, I do also love her story of she was like a barrel racer and like kind of sang and then got her real start singing the national anthem um, at rodeos and then eventually at the NFR when it was in Oklahoma um, and then got a record deal from that. I like that story a lot. Yeah, I think it's again, it was like it, her story and Cody Johnson's story are cool, but they're not like like I, I feel like I hear them. I'm like, oh, nice. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, good for you. you like, yeah, that was, that's awesome. And you worked hard, and you got a break, and you ran with it. So my next note, I'm actually going to save to the end. It's about what a cowboy is. Um, I'll kind of end with that. Um, my next one though is they talked about Merle Haggard's "Oki from Muskogee," and in my opinion, it's one of the best songs ever. And that's just my excuse to play it in the podcast right now. We don't smoke marijuana. In Muskogee We don't take our trips on LSD We don't burn our draft cards down on Main Street Cause we like living right and being free We don't make a party out of loving but we like holding hands and pitching woo We don't let our hair grow long and shaggy Like the hippies out in San Francisco do And I'm proud to be an Okie from Muskogee Mr. Fortenberry sounds awesome. Great teacher. Oh, the teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's like the ag guy, and he's like, 
Yeah, let's get you on a bowl. Nope, you are going to sing. You're starting a band. This guy's going to be in the band. You need another guy. Here's another guy that's going to be in the band. You're going to do these talent shows, and you're going to be in, like, music's what you're doing, and you're also going to rodeo. Like, Yeah, he deserved more awesome credit feature. than yeah. any, anybody else in this movie. Um, we already talked about it. I love the Chris Ledoux segment. Um, I can't remember who said it now, but it, it may have been Chris Kyle's widow. What's her name? Kira? Taya. Taya. That's right. It's, that's a weird name. Yeah, that's I remembered it because it was weird. I was um, going to say Tara. I think it, it, it may have been her that said it, or it may have been the roping preacher guy. Um, so many wonderful things have come from rock bottom. I love that line. Like, hey, you like, even if, like, especially like if you're an artist, like, if you're at rock bottom, you're probably about to make something really special. Yeah. I think if you have the right attitude at rock bottom or yep. pe- pe- people you around you, find the attitude to bring you out of rock bottom um the would you take the cowboy hat thing off is just crazy yeah um i liked reba talking about be still um that's something that i've been trying to bring to my life is taking moments every day to just be still and calm down and it's kind of it it works if you want to try it. it 20 minutes every night just go Lay in bed. It doesn't have to be before you go to bed. Just at some point, just turn off all the lights and just be still. That's like the, a lot of this movie, I feel like, or the documentary. Um, and I mean, I think it's a lot of uh, religion in general mm-hmm. and, the, and the practices and beliefs in religion are things that a lot of people have figured out. Um, and uh, through maybe different ways or through different experiences. But that like, I mean, to me, like, like that be still is like, meditating um it's like doing mm-hmm. whatever uh, yeah there's there's a lot of ways that you can be still mm-hmm. um but at the end of the day whatever that means to you huge yeah and if you can figure that out for yourself yeah um here's another religious one for you um when reba said that before every show she says who do you want me to reach tonight or who do you want to reach tonight please use me um yeah i love that one of the, a YouTuber that I watch, Matt Fratt with Pints for the Coinus. Um, another beautiful, beautiful thing that he said that kind of relates to that is a prayer that he says is, Oh Lord, let even the worst parts of me be used for good. I like that. Yeah. Um, let's see. And then the final one, besides the one I'm going to end with, is what Cody Johnson says there at the end. Step outside the box, defy everybody, and chase your dreams. Wait, sorry, I was texting. Uh, repeat that last one. Um, step out. It's what Cody Johnson said at the end. His advice: Step outside the box, defy everybody, and chase your dreams. Yep. Great advice. I mean, just it's not going to work if you half-heartedly do it. Well, and then it's the it's the shoot for the stars, and you'll fall in the clouds. Like he he shot mm-hmm. for the dream of being a bull rider for a little bit, and that pursuit is what led him to what he's doing now. And he never probably would have done either if he wouldn't have tried to chase his, chase his dreams. Yeah. Well, I don't have anything else. You got anything else you want to touch on? Uh, not movie related, but I mean, I'm, I'm going to, I was going to bring it up cause it reminded me of it because it's such a hot topic right now, but rich folk outside of Richmond or whatever, <laughs> oh, yeah. rich, fi- rich folk um... North of Richmond. Oh, what is it? Richmond, north of Richmond. Yeah. I've been selling my soul, working all day, 
Overtime hours for bullshit pay So I can sit out here and waste my life away Drag back home and drown my troubles away It's a damn shame what the world's gotten to For people like me, people like you Wish I could just wake up and it not be true But it is, oh it is Living in the new world With an old soul These rich men north the rich men Lord knows it all Just wanna have total control Wanna know what you think Wanna know what you do And they don't think you know But I know that you do Cause your dollar ain't shit And it's taxed to no end That song's awesome. And that like that reminds me like very like I, I, I heard a lot of hype around it. Like everyone was talking about it. they're like, oh this is this TikTok TikTok song blowing up. It's this YouTube Instagram social media song that's blowing up and now it's on number one in the Apple charts and it's just this country guy out of I don't know where, Ohio not Ohio. Um No, um West Virginia, I think. West Virginia. Um somewhere up there. And Apple oh, I mean somewhere. Yeah, Richmond. Um, isn't that in Virginia? Yeah. So he's, he maybe is from rich or maybe from Virginia. Anywho. Um, it just like part of that kind of reminded me of, uh, like part of Cody Johnson's story and like his, he's like, yeah, I just kind of like this one song or like, I don't know. Everybody has that one song, but like mm -hmm. it just, well, it made me think of this song a little bit. Cause when I actually listened to it, I was like, holy shit, the lyrics in this are actually really good. The guy can sing really well. Um, he's kind of like a hidden gem. I feel like, I mean, who knows if he can actually make multiple good songs but this song is awesome and uh watching this cody johnson one i was just like you know when you talk about it like cody johnson and hearing cody johnson sing at the very end of this i was like holy fuck this guy can sing like, yeah he's got a, he's got a song voice. that he released last year cody johnson does called by your grace jesus song i'm aware of everything that's wrong with me Still you accept me anyway I live with the past I can't get past And it still haunts me So I'm asking for the courage to make a change By your grace I have hope You've already paid Change and make me see that by your grace I've been set free. If you want to hear like another very good like version of his voice, like kind of stripped down, like at the end of that, by your grace is definitely one to listen to. Um, he really shows off his pipes. Yeah, um, but I and I actually kind of like. I mean, I can imagine that he would have the type of voice. I mean, he'd sound great live too, but like hearing him just like by himself with a guitar mm -hmm. in that setting of like, he's not like screaming into the mic or screaming under mm -hmm. the crowd or like busting his pipes. He's just kind of singing it like a very pure sound. Yeah. That sounded so good. Um, but it reminded me of this rich, yeah. rich man Richmond outside North of Richmond. Richmond. Yeah. 
number one, both the Hot 100, like the Billboard and yeah. Country Billboard chart. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think he's like, I, I think he's getting signed or people are asking him or they're trying to sign him. Um, so he's absolutely popping off. But it just kind of reminds me of like, I don't know if he popped off when Dear Rodeo came out. It's kind of the movie makes it sound like he did. But um, let me pull up his discography. Dear Rodeo, I just looked up, isn't even one of his top five most streamed songs, which is it's not. Um, so maybe it's just like his favorite song. It, it, yeah, it's definitely like it didn't go that high on the charts. Um, so his first, well, I, I think his breakout song, not on like not Nashville breakout was 2011 diamond in my pocket um that did go platinum um but it did not chart um me and my kind or no i'm sorry dancer home um that different day and cowboy like me albums um where i think when he really started to get big in texas um and i i do love that texas has its own chart yeah it's got it. um, its own and country. frankly that should just be the nashville chart because that music like toe to toe is better than most of the nashville stuff yep um yeah so dancer home with you i am on my way to you is a great song tell you can't is a great song um humans not bad his latest one the painter's not bad um and diamond in my pocket is um, a great one as well. Um, I just love Cody Johnson. Like, yeah, th- there's not many songs that I I've heard from him that I dislike. Um, I need to listen to him more. I mean, I haven't, I haven't listened to him too much. So in the, he's one of those people that in concert, he sounds like he does on Spotify. That's more common with country artists than, um, I feel like yes. other genres, new country artists, not so much. Like, well, yeah, I guess maybe you just narrow that down to like, yeah, true talent. Yeah. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, when, yeah, when I saw, uh, what's their fucking names? The two ding dong Florida country. Georgia line. No, but like that. Dan and Shay. Dan and Shay. Mm, I have a different name for them that I'm not going to say on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> They're, they were, well, yeah. Yeah. Not my favorites. No. Um, anywho, yeah, I, I agree. There's, there's some true talent out there that sounds the yeah. same as they do uh, uh, over the radio or on s- streaming. Yep. All right. Well, should we get to our scores? Yeah. Um, all right. From the aggregators, an 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb, a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, but that is only audience score. There is no critic score and there's no Metacritic. Um, wow. 100% on uh, audience score? Yeah. I guess that's hard. I mean, it is hard to dislike this documentary because it's kind of like you're saying I dislike his story or God or anything it's, like that. It's, and, it's that. And the people that like, it's so niche that the people yeah. that are going to watch it and rate it are going to like it. Yeah. I, if I didn't know who Cody Johnson was, and if you didn't pick this, there's no chance I would ever watch it. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. Very niche market. Yeah. Um, go for it. Let's hear your rating. Oh, it's kind of sucks. Cause I, uh, I think just, I, I try to, I, I'm trying to score this in my head without feeling like I'm dissing the guy. Yeah. Cause no, I that's, like, that's fair. That's fine. Like 
as far as a documentary that I enjoy, not up there. Um, mm-hmm. It was very average. Um, I think production-wise of it and like the the guy who wrote and directed it, terrible job. I think like, <laughs> I think visually, like, I mean, it just wasn't that great. Like it, all the shots weren't that interesting. Um, it was just kind of him walking around a rodeo ground or at his house and then like kind of some old photographs. And it was like a very, um, felt like low, I don't know, just not the most artsy. Uh, anywho, it just didn't hit me on like any, any uh, note, but, um, other than what he's saying at the end, pun intended. But, um, I hate to like give this a bad score because I just, cause I think he seems like a really cool guy though. So, um, right down the middle 50. All right. Most I have, I feel nothing after it. Yeah. And like, I don't know. That's fair. I like, I don't, I don't fault you for that. Um, I'm giving this movie an 86. Um, I loved it. I, I really did. I, I really, really liked it. Um, Definitely lots of things that could have been done better. Um, but messaging overall, I loved it. Um, what do you think from a, like a director's perspective of it though? Yeah. I mean, I, I think <sighs> like I, I, I see the things that could have been done different to reach a wider audience. Um, and to be more impactful to a wider audience. But for me, it didn't have to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I would only recommend this to people that I know are God fearing country music, loving rodeo going people. You know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> there's a very select lane of people that this is directed towards. It's like you're, well, it's, um, I mean, it's whatever they call it in psychology, the confirmation bias of the thing where it's yeah. like people who already love these things, mm-hmm. it will just further confirm that they love these things, yep. which is like, it's great. It's awesome. I mean, it's yeah. the same thing that yeah I was talking about earlier where it, yeah. it was about like rap or about like tennis. I'd be like, fuck yeah, I do love yeah. those things. Um, and like the other thing that I love about it is it, it doesn't like, I'm trying to be better about it where it's not just like when people say the things that I like for them to say, I'm a fan of, I like it when people are outward about their beliefs and aren't afraid of the consequences. And I love that he puts Jesus at the focus of so much of his life. Um, I'm trying because here's the thing when people are doing like the opposite of that, whatever that may be to you are spouting their liberal agenda. I should be more like, well, good for you. You're at least saying your thing. I'm trying to be cognizant of it. I'm not very good at it. It makes me mad, but I'm trying, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, ah, you know, they're pushing their agenda on us, but I'm like, we should really be pushing our agenda on them. That's, that's what I want. But see, I'm open about that. And so I think I should get some credit. Yeah. <laughs> but um th- th- those those final words i wanted to say about what a cowboy is he shows up he's on time he's prepared and he does what he what he says he's gonna do i'm a cowboy other than if i were on time i'd be a cowboy <laughs> yeah. yeah show up be on time be prepared and do what you say you're gonna do love it um well our next episode is not gonna be sage sage is um 
like we said at the beginning, he's stress brain. Um, he's moving to New York for culinary school. I think that information's out there. I think we've said that before. I'm not like doxing him. Um, and even if I was, nobody would even know because <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. But um, he's on the road next week. Yeah, he's on the road all ne- next week. Playing so, shows hey, is... and hitting rodeos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on his way to Take New York. It's your pick next. Yep. Um, yeah, so he'll he'll be, we're just swapping picks, so I'll go and then he'll go. Um, and Did I so, say what the average was? I'm sorry. I don't think so, but 68. I can do the math. Yep, that's what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> now it's your pick. I, okay. <laughs> I told you, so I have another foreign film. Okay. Um, it's from 1963, and oh. I, I think it's French or Italian. Um, mm-hmm. It's called Contempt. I think it's French. Um, and I really, the only reason why I'm picking this is because it popped up on my Instagram for the movie theater near me that plays a lot of old artsy films. It popped up with like this whole, like this little bio about it. Um, and it had a couple of images and I just was kind of curious by both the images and the little bio, um, the, that they talked about it and they said it's playing at the theater next week. So I was like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. Um, so even though it might be a subtitled film, <laughs> even though we, I just picked a subtitled film, um, I promise I'll go back to English no, the that's next okay. time. I, I've got nothing against subtitles. I, I like foreign movies. Um, right, nice. I, I like what I like the idea of foreign movies. I might not like every foreign movie, but, yeah. um, well, yeah, this one's a, yeah. I mean, hour and 42 minutes long um, and directed by Jean-Luc Goddard. Goddard. <laughs> so I don't know anything about this movie. That's yeah. 1963 screenwriter Paul Haval's Javal's marriage to his wife Camille disintegrates during movie production as she spends time with the producer. Layered conflicts between art and business ensue. Yep. And let me read you this real quick. Yeah. So this is the little bio that I read about it. Okay. She looks like a babe. Brigitte Bardot? Bardot? Brigitte Bardot? Looks like a babe. So the little bio said, perhaps Jean-Luc Godard, the director, or I've totally fucked that up, but his most accessible film, but they don't hold that against it. It's still an early, or it's still an eerily gorgeous, sneakily angry work of cinema about cinema. Starring blank as, or starring, oh, starring Fritz Lang as himself. I didn't read that earlier. Um, and an enthralling Bridget Bardot as his ex-secretary wife. Um, the 60th anniversary 4K restoration of this is playing in the theaters. And I was like, fuck yeah. So that's all I got. Yeah, it looks like it's, it's so technically it is streaming on Criterion. Um, I don't have the Criterion streaming thing, um, but it's available for rent on most streaming platforms. Um, this looks like a very pretentious movie. Yeah. I, it's a I'm movie about some pretension. <laughs> it's a movie about filmmaking from a guy that's starring in his own movie or something playing himself. Yeah. Awesome. So who knows, but I, I'm hoping it's a really pretty film. Yeah. It, it looks like it. I'm, I'm actually yeah. excited for this. Like, I, I feel like it's been a while that I've like watched a film. You know what I mean? Un film. Un film. Un I have cinema. not seen un film very, in a very long time. <laughs> I don't know what accent I'm doing, but huh, I'm excited. Cool. Let me, let, let me, I wonder what is 
Meg to the trench. I mean, Cool Hand Luke, I suppose, but even that's not like the cinema. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's been a while since I've really watched some pretentious bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This looks like it's going to be pretentious. Sage would hate it, so it's probably a good week that he's yes. missing. Yeah. No, I I don't see Sage liking this one. Um, and it's been a very long time. Maybe it's been since um, I watched... What's the... Um, silent movie um oh she was a uh, martyred in france the girl oh he took his headphones off he took his headphones off and i'm just talking to myself right now um you took your headphones off and i was just talking to myself who is um joan of arc i watched the original joan of arc tate i think that's the last pretentious movie i've watched um the Passion of Joan of Arc from 1928. I watched that in April of this year. So it, it's been like four months. So I'm excited for this. Um, nice. All righty, folks. If you would like to get in contact with us, you can shoot us an email at gd4ampodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at gd4gd underscore movies. Uh, Instagram, gd4gd.movies. Give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any of the podcatchers that take reviews and or ratings and if not then i'm gonna peer pressure you into riding a bull with jacob i'm a ropian bulldog yeah yeah uh, we need to get some sort of cowboy button yeah there it is there's your cowboy button <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll catch you next week at the movies dear rodeo i'd be lying if i tried to tell you i don't think about you after all the miles and the wild nights that we've been through Lord knows we had a few Dear Rodeo I'd like to say that I took the reins and rode away No regrets, no left unsaid, just turn the page Oh, but you know better, babe between the almost atoms and the broken bones The dream of a bubble I'll never put on I'm jaded Oh, I hate it But somehow the highs outweigh the lows And I do it all again Even though we both know I'd still have to let you go So dear rodeo I tried like hell to tell myself it was all your fault I held on tight with all my might, I just couldn't hang on And that's hard to hang your hat on Between the almost atoms and broken bones The dream of a bubble I'll never put on, I'm jaded Somehow the highs outweigh the lows And I'll do it all again Even though we both know I still have to let you go
but I know you don't Oh, but that won't change the past And that won't change the truth I'm still in love with you Dear Rodeo